1: Right, episode four here of the death lineup. Game four, Warriors versus Nuggets. I don't know if this is an actual saying. I don't know if I made this up. You may be able to learn a little bit more during losses than wins. I don't know if that's true. But I think you said before, uh, I think we were, it was after game two, you had mentioned that there might not be a lot of stuff to talk about if they just sweep them. And that, you know, a loss kind of creates a little bit more to talk about. So that's what we're going to do today is talk about the loss that just happened. 126-121. I mean, (laughs) if you're a Nuggets fan, you're like, oh my gosh, we couldn't have played any better than we played. Except for maybe late. There there was some stuff late that I I think they probably would have wanted to do a little bit better. But if you're a Warriors fan, you're like, oh my gosh, we couldn't have played any worse. And yet they're right there in the end. They actually tie the game and then they they lose by 5 there. So uh I guess the first thing we wanted to talk about you had asked me about the officiating, what I thought about the officiating. And it you know, I think we said this in the very first podcast that we did. We said the officiating is going to be different for every game, right? Like not every crew is doing all the games like there's a bunch there's different officials and so stuff happens And here the home crowd definitely is part of it and i thought this the officiating was a little ticky tacky uh it, it allowed the game to get really chippy uh but within that the the warriors are the benefit sometimes for that and not and it's not always bad for them. I know a lot of Warriors fans right now are saying, "Oh, they were officiating was terrible and that's why we lost." Not that's not why the Warriors lost. Uh but what happens is is Clay is on fire, gets two immediate fouls, then he's got to sit. He sits like the whole almost the whole second quarter, I think. Uh because he picks up a third foul pretty quickly, and then they bring him in at the end of the second half or end of the first half. He gets a little push off which is probably not a real foul and he has four before the first half ends Draymond is in foul trouble with Jokic he's going to be in foul trouble Draymond's going to be in foul trouble against any team who has a big if 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 the Warriors play Phoenix he's going to have foul trouble with uh, with Aiton maybe not as much because Aiton is not as much of a go-to but Aiton is long Aiton is is going to crash boards that there's going to be something there um playing against uh, uh, Jaron Jackson, you know, there's some opportunity for Draymond to pick up fouls there, but he's not really their go-to post guy. But if the Warriors make it all the way to the finals, those teams, Phoenix, I mean, uh, Philly, uh, Boston, he's going to be in foul trouble because he's the only big defensively for them. So he uh, he picked up all those fouls, fouls out really late. I didn't see what the time was. But I think that's the biggest problem for today's game. Uh, was was foul trouble was did you see anything in there that uh you know you think that they could have done better or was it just hey man this is Jokic and this is what he does um I think that foul trouble obviously
2: for sure Jordan Poole didn't have the best game but I thought how they were defending Jokic and how they were falling for some of his like in the air um in like in the air he's gonna pass out but I think they covered uh in games one through three, they did a really good job covering Jokic and like expecting him to pass it at a certain point. But when that on that last on that last play, the kick out to um, to Marcus, sorry, uh, Monte Morris or oh, Barton, Barton it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Pool sunk in. Curry had to shift over. I didn't think that needed to happen. I thought like them guarding Jokic uh, this game wasn't as good as and it just like the like the people like the people who aren't even on the ball of jokic like the like the like the stephs the jps the clays i didn't think they did as well as like reading what he was going to do in as they have in previous games i thought that was a an issue
1: so i guess part of this and and we'll 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 keep the the topic of foul trouble is also defense because what happened is uh, the nuggets got shooters open in the corner especially in the corners We saw uh, Monte Morris go five of seven from three-point land. Will Barton, two of five. Bones Highland, three of six. And so what happens is when you get into the Jokic Jokic action, he's essentially their point guard as well. He He gets a high post, and then he does something, and you immediately see the Warriors' wings cheat to the middle. And so in cheating to the middle if Jokic is not trying to finish, all of a sudden, and he's not even the one always making the pass. Sometimes he's making a pass, and then the guy who receives it immediately is kicking it out. The way that they sagged a little bit too early was not the way that they did it in the first two games. In the first two games, they said, hey, man, if he wants to take these two-point hook shots and and score, like we're going to be fine with that. But for some reason, I don't know if this was a strategy thing, but you saw Clay Clay got beat a bunch tonight from that. Just he sags that like half of a step, and then he can't get out there to contest. And, and that that was an interesting thing. And I, I would I hope that um, they ask her about it because strategically, I thought it was very interesting that they were going to leave those corners as open as they did. And maybe part of it is just. They're getting in. they're they're reacting a little too early. Maybe they're supposed to wait until Jokic makes a, a different move or whatever. But yeah, that happened a lot. Um, you know, let's look at let's look at Jokic's numbers. He was uh let's see 14 of 21 shooting, three of five from three, six of six from the line. So super efficient game for him. The only thing that he did that you that you know, and we you could see this as part of the warrior swarming defense is he had seven turnovers, 37 points interestingly enough though and this is because he played 38 minutes he was a minus in this game which is kind of crazy to think about because of how well he played and how poorly it seemed things were going when he did go to the bench um boogie our friend boogie cousins three of three uh shooting four rebounds 10 points and he was a plus seven in those minutes um very interesting to look at the statistics and see if it matches what you watched in the game. Because when I saw Boogie, I was like, okay, I'm completely fine with Boogie here because he is going to take his three dribbles. He's going to pump fake. He's going to, you know, in in some instances he just muscled Andre through the basket, but in others he was taking like a turnaround jumper. I was like, Oh, we could live with that. But it, it shows, in the actual statistics that he was a plus for them, even though he got a bit of a ticky tack tech, I thought uh, uh, against Draymond when he, when he and Draymond were battling, but yes, it's so interesting to see how those numbers maybe don't match up exactly what your eyes saw there Uh, as, but as far as, um, as far as the Warriors, like from a plus minus standpoint, Draymond's a plus 18. He's the best guy in the game, which basically says if he can stay on the court a little bit more, the Warriors probably make that comeback all the way. But because he has to exit early, that was kind of the the death knell for them. And I, I didn't know that. I didn't see that number until I looked at this box. And But we all kind of thought it. Like you, me, and Ben Cruz were in the text, and I was just saying you know, there's like five minutes left. And then there's like three minutes left, and they're coming back. And then I'm like, you know... If Draymond picks up this six, that might be it. And that's kind of what I thought that they would do, is they would just go to Jokic, try and pound him, try and get him that six, then get him off the court. And then it eventually happened. And then that was uh, that was kind of it. It wasn't off of Jokic, though. No. It was off of Gordon, right? Yeah. It was off of Gordon. Um, so the next point, and I think this is an interesting one because we have been talking about this all uh, all playoff so far, You know, it was all about that pool party for us, and there was, like, some fans in in attendance today who were dressed in swimming gear, like beach gear, because they were (laughs) ready for that pool party. Uh, Jordan Poole came back to earth a bit. Uh, 3 of 10 shooting, 1 of 5 from 3, minus 6. He had 9 assists. Uh, Just, he looked overmatched. He looked like he didn't have an answer. Uh, He is, if there is any... Um, if there are people who still think Steph should come off the bench, I think they probably, their minds probably changed today. I do think Steph, you know, coming off the bench is a nice, it's, it's just kind of a nice bonus, but it doesn't beat them getting off to a good start. And they, they kind of got off to a good start. I think they were up 13-6, but once Denver made some adjustments, the Warriors couldn't score after that. So it was a little rough in in the first quarter. I I I, uh, I don't think we should make this mean anything about Jordan Poole, though. He just had a bad game. He'll learn from it. He'll learn that he needed to be a little bit more aggressive, but in other instances, he needed to be a little bit more disciplined and a little bit more responsible with the basketball. Uh, everyone was flopping in this game. I think they knew that the referees were just going to call it if you were flailing and flopping and going to the ground. He did that a little too often for my taste, but then again, he... You know he fouled somebody on a on a three point shot so not a great game for Jordan Poole. But did you see anything uh, from JP here that uh that, that caught your eye? Um I think a couple of his uh I think there was a three taken away by a Looney
2: offensive screen uh, offensive foul on a screen. Um but with Jordan Poole yeah it was it was a lot more quiet. You you notice Jordan Poole when he's doing good, right?
1: Yeah. But it was a lot more Steph Clay Dre. Um that energy, right? That energy yeah. that he brings. I think he he only pulled the the air guitar thing out once, and he, probably the only only worthy of doing it once in the whole game. Yeah. But that, yeah, Jordan like pool it. energy. It's contagious too, for sure. Because he's he's young too. Yeah, and and you know they made a big a big thing about it. The announcers in the first couple games about he wanted to know. He he was always asking these guys, "What is the playoffs like? What is the playoffs like?" Well, now he knows. Okay. This is what playoff basketball is. I was having a field day. Those three games, they adjusted to me. I was a target on them. What do you think about Aaron Gordon doing a lot? Like he was mostly guarding Jordan pool. Like that. I thought that was super interesting. He did it a lot last game too. Yeah. Very interesting. Cause you know, Aaron Gordon, what is he? six, eight, six, nine. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he would be considered a big and he himself had a, had a really good game 21 and six though, uh, from a, uh, from a plus minus, he was actually a minus as well, minus seven. But I thought just, the the chess matches in basketball are, are so interesting to me because, because it's a seven game series and it's not a one game, one gamer, like the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, Bill Belichick and, All these guys, they scheme to what they believe is going to happen in the single game. And if NFL seasons had, you know, maybe, maybe it's a best out of three, you would see adjustments from the other side, but they only got that one shot. Here, you got seven games to get things done. And I don't, you know, for whatever reason, it took Denver three games to figure out how to slow him down. Some of it is just him, you know, having an off day. But now I'm so interested to see when they come back to San Francisco, how is he how are they going to are they gonna do something similar? And if so, what's Kerr's response to that? How do they get Jordan more in the open court, more doing the stuff that he wants, and not so uh, you know, he was start he was trying to do those those little slippery uh fake crossovers stay to the right side and it just wasn't working I think he mm-hmm. got loose once but they 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 it's like they knew what he was doing before he was going to do it and so it'll be interesting to see what they do I, I'm I'm guessing more pick and roll yeah especially with uh, Jokic's man they they started to do that late in the game right you saw Steph that they they got they got Steph uh, Jokic on Steph like every single time and Steph scored every single time
2: They didn't even fight over it either. I was texting you at the end of the game. It was like they were just like letting it happen so much to when they called the they took Jokic out
1: for that defensive
2: possession. That Austin Rivers got the steal, like smart play.
1: It was the right play. Yeah, and and you know some of it is Jokic is probably so tired. That's what Ben said. Uh, Ben popped in and said, you know, he's that guy has to be so tired. But yeah, just it's such, such an interesting thing. And those games, you know, when it comes down, the Warriors had been it it had been double figures for most of the game. They got it within like 7 and I was telling Crystal I was like man if they could just get it under 5 like that's going to be a shot in the arm for them. Like we haven't been under 5 like this whole game. Then they got it under 5. Then they tied it and I was like okay this is this is something here. Uh you know you know I tweeted uh I said uh Wiggins he He's doing his incredible shrinking man routine on us, which is sucks because it happens. But he's got to stop where he's got a big shot coming. I, it just felt like he was going to be a difference maker. And so shot goes up. He's ready to crush the putback. How did he miss?
2: I don't know. I think he, he he got too excited, man. He knew that, too. He knew he knew after his bad uh, three point corner three miss. He, he was right there with us. He's like, all right, I'm going to have a good one.
1: I I actually don't know how he if, missed that. If like if if he crushes it, I think that's the game. I think it's yeah. like like the Nuggets are just like okay, we're done, and he missed it, and it's just like that that little the, the few inches and in, and in, uh, whatever. But I I think he's probably gonna be thinking about that one tonight. But mm-hmm. yeah, that was uh, that that was rough. But you know, it, it's also his first real playoff series, right? I think he had one with Minnesota. He had uh, the the um, the couple of playoff games in, last year in the play-in but other than that like it's really his first opportunity as well so it's interesting to see him and overall again look at looking at the stat sheet he was one of the better players for them tonight and it should but it's just those things that kind of stand out when you're watching and you go ah that's the wiggins that uh that frustrated us but overall i think he had a really really solid game it's just those moments that uh You want to see him perform a little bit better at because the other, you know, part of them sticking in the game was he was able to take his man right to the basket. He was able to get some finger rolls. He was able to get some easy, short, uh, short buckets. And, you know, that some of that was keeping the game from getting, you know, to 15, 17, 20. He was able to get those buckets. So overall, uh, I'm I'm happy with uh, with his play, even if sometimes you get super frustrated with them. Okay, so the the third thing for me here, uh, late comeback, they looked like they were going to win this game. We talked about on the last show how even though the Nuggets were right there, it always felt like the Warriors were going to win. And so when the Warriors tied the game here, I think a lot of fans felt that same thing. It was like, they're going to win this game. This is what they do. They play clutch basketball in the end. Steph's gonna hit a shot how How big is the is that was that three that wasn't a three for him he He hit that it was like uh in the left corner, and uh I thought it was a three, but I guess he had his foot on the line, so it was a two and instead of going up one, I think it tied the game mm-hmm. so just like little things like that you know and then we have the uh after the timeout, they tried to get they tried to take advantage of Wiggins on Austin Rivers they throw a lob and uh they didn't get it instead of and this is Steph is on fire right now Steph is taking everybody and their mom to the bucket and they got too cute i i mean i'm sure steve will say he already did did he say that they would do it again he or said, did he say it was uh, he said i would he said uh steve Kerr on the late ATO lob uh turnover in quotes, I would like that play call back, frankly. Okay, good. I'm I'm glad he said that because mm-hmm. some coaches would say, Well, you know, we get the matchup that we wanted, and and you know, we would we would go after it again. But but no, you got to get the ball in your best player's hands at oh, that yeah. moment and let him make that decision because you know you, you can you you can run that play call through a simulator and get a bunch of different outcomes and and, and you know maybe a high percentage says that's a bucket. But let's let Steph make that happen. Let's let, you know, because he was Mm -hmm. playing so well in the end. What I will
2: say, though, is that that ending reminded me of, like, we had it a lot last year. Steph scoring, scoring champ on that defense as he was getting that, frankly, KD cannot do anything about right now. But (laughs) but last uh, like when's the I, I was. On that step three, or I guess you said it was a two on that left corner, yeah, or on the left wing, yeah, left wing. When he made that, like I haven't like jumped out of my seat and ran down the hall like that since like (laughs) the 2019 playoffs. So that was refreshing. Like even though we lost and we were like, it was just a little refreshing. And I don't want this to happen throughout the playoffs. But being down and making a like a fight to push back, and it's Stephen Curry doing Stephen Curry things. Like that's just it's just different. Yeah. And it, it reminded me of like some of those, those grinding playoff series where the same thing would happen. I'm I'm on my feet watching the TV, like zoned in on what Steph was doing. And then he hits a shot and you just go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: I, I was the same way I, I got, I stood up. I was like, when I'm watching these games, um, you know, we're not watching them together. And I, I'm just kind of like, it's almost like, um, who said it? Uh, Oh, uh, you're not watching the Magic Johnson uh in, in the the Winning Time series or or Magic Johnson's uh Apple documentary which I would suggest both of them. And winning Time it, you know, it, it it's it's pretty good. I know a lot of people are frustrated with it because it's not like a exact replica of what happened in real life, but so there there's a moment where uh Magic's rookie season game 1 Kareem hits a game winner and Magic jumps into his arm and in the back Kareem was to yelling at him saying you know you can't do this like we have 81 more games like we're going to be exhausted if we celebrate this hard after every win. And so it, that that's what I was thinking like when when the game is coming and they they hit and I was like okay we've been through this so many times the playoffs are just like this long thing should I get really excited about this, or should I just like you know we we understand what's going to happen here. This this game is over. If if they win, then yeah, the celebration is worth it. And if if not, then we gotta watch this again on. The, what mm-hmm. did they play again? Tuesday.
2: It's a. They have to travel back to get that extra day. So probably
1: Wednesday. I would guess Wednesday. Do you know when? I'm looking it up right now. Uh, yes, Wednesday Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. But um, but yeah, you know, because we were Warriors fans and we've seen this from 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, you get excited, but then you go, okay, like this is the first round. This is Denver.
2: Okay, but doesn't this one feel a little different, like especially for the players too. Draymond's been preaching it all season? Is that a lot of a lot of writers, a lot of people like didn't think they had it still? Yeah. And then. Stephing sure. out as an early season MVP, Draymond looking like the clear favorite for defensive player of the year, and then they knew they had clay on the way back. Like, I I think this one was a little bit different. This this one, this run is going to be a little different if this
1: continues. Well, I agree with you, but I feel like we as fans who've been watching the team this year, we kind of know we're like, yeah, okay, yeah. if they're healthy, they can be that team again. And if and if not, then they're not going to be that team again. Uh, but We've been watching the games. So I was very comfortable. I, I, I'm confident going into this playoffs that not that they're going to run through everybody. That's not who they are anymore. But can they compete against Memphis? I believe I believe so. Can they compete? Especially against Phoenix? what we're seeing. I, I believe they can compete against Phoenix. So those are the teams you got to worry about. Dallas. Dallas kind of had our number in, in the season, but I believe fully healthy. They can compete against that team, too. So that, hmm. that's more what it was for me. But um, all right. So there was a a young man who got got a little bit of run. It's time oh, for the Kaminga watch. Why does this thing take so long to get started? All right, it's enough. Uh, okay, so we've been excited to see this young man play. He finally got in in the game. Uh he immediately gave up a three pointer. Then he bricked two foul, two free throws, <laughs> and I was like, Oh no, Steve is gonna take him out of the game. But the smart thing that he did, because he knew, okay, we're down here. If I pull Kaminga out in this moment, he's going to feel that he was responsible f- for for this moment, right? And so he mm-hmm. smartly kept him in. And then they found him a couple times. What, what did you think about Kaminga's play? I was literally like
2: ending uh, the, the basketball show that I do. And I was doing our outro and I look up at my TV and in the middle of the outro, I'm like, Oh my God, Kaminga's in. I'm ending this right now. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be, that'll be on the uh, Apple podcast soon. But um, Kaminga, I think I texted in our chat. I was like, damn, he's like a minus nine right now. Uh, there was something else that I had texted with that stat that wasn't that good. I think, oh, minus nine in, like, what, two minutes? Yeah. Or something cool. It was, like, like right eh, away. Right away. And then I think he ended with, like, 11 minutes. Yeah, it looks like 11 minutes minus three. He just, I mean, there's a risk in putting him in his first playoff run in the high-intensity situation, right? Like, that's why I thought it would have been beneficial when we were just steamrolling them by 20 in the third quarter to maybe just throw him in there. But uh, it was a risk, and... Uh, I wouldn't say it paid off, but I actually thought he showed some stuff with all the stuff that we were going to knock him against. I do think he still showed some stuff because when I saw him go in, I was like, okay, Clay's in foul trouble. Clay's not in. They're missing shots. They need someone who's going to keep the defense like guessing, not guessing, but like can get to the foul line, right? If you're not hitting shots, like what do you want to do? Get to the foul line if Wiggins isn't doing it. Uh, I, I I trust Kaminga to get it done. And he, he got to the foul line. What, what was his free throw attempts? Probably like four,
1: maybe. I think he made the next two. He missed yeah, the he first three for two, five. but he made the next two. So he got. He and got then he made the, the oh, then he made the end one. Cause there was, I think there was an end one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, that he also had. So I like, I, I, I'm more on the positive side than the negative. I'm, I am too. So, and, and so he, here's the thing, right? You, you said there was a little risk putting him in, in, in this game and and i sort of disagree because i think the the team is not playing well so if he comes in and even if they play a little bit better he can feel really good about that performance mm-hmm. if they continue to not play well then then you just go well you know that they're just they're they're just doing they're just beating us to today so uh, the whole thing about is keeping him You know, keeping him confident, keeping him uh, his his mind. You know, in in the right state of mind, so that down the line, when he gets a chance again, then they utilize him. The other good thing about this is, I'm sure. You know, I don't work in basketball ops or anything, but I do work in an operations department, and in my mind, they're going to go okay. When Kuminga was playing his best, who's on the court with him? Who was defending him? in the moments where he scored and they're going to have opportunities in the next games against Denver. Maybe it's, maybe it's on Wednesday where they go, okay, he's going to be comfortable in this situation. We can put him back in because he has that, Mm -hmm. that rep, that memory of of doing well there. And they can just kind of repeat that. Um, The, the, the thing that I thought was a little frustrating and I wish they would not have even passed him. The ball here was, Monte Morris, uh, I think he had just hit two threes. And, and, and so then uh, he bangs a three. they They're bringing the ball up. They take the ball out and they kick it up to Kaminga and he takes a three. And I'm like, okay, why did they pass him the ball? They knew that they needed to run a little bit of clock. This dude is hot. And Kaminga bricks the three. They get the rebound immediately. and he And he hits another three. And I was like, oh, like that, that was so frustrating because a veteran team, even with a rookie player in there, like they needed to know that we need to keep the ball out of Monte Morris's hands here. He's in such great rhythm. Let's, you know, let's muck it up. Let's let's go to the free throw line to to kind of cool him off. And they didn't do that. They just put it in Kaminga's hands and he bricked the three. But uh, I think that was the only thing that I had an issue with him, even the, the two free throws. Of course, this is his first game. He was going to miss those free throws. <laughs> Steph missed like four of them. Steph missed four of them, uh, but he didn't miss the ones that in the clutch when you knew. Yeah. That he, but this is going to be a problem for them the whole series. I was talking to somebody on Twitter, um, and and he was like, "You know, the way to get back into this game is they need, they need to quit quit taking you know these early jump shots." And I was like, "I don't think so. I think the way to get into back into this game is to start making threes. Because if you rely on going to the free throw line, this is not a good free throw shooting team. They were 72% tonight, 23 of 32. And like you said, Steph missed four. Um, Kaminga missed two. Clay missed one. Andrew missed one. And on the flip side, Denver shot at 80.6%, 29 of 36. So we we the, nobody's going to look at it this way but if you want to say oh you shoot your free throws a little bit better you probably win the game now that the, they would have been different because the, the if the score is different than the defense chain yeah, all that yeah, stuff yeah. but you a simple way is to say you know if you if you make your free throws you're in a much better position to win and i 100 mm. percent agree with that but we know that wiggins is a bad free throw shooter we know kevon looney is a bad free throw shooter draymond mm. is a very average free throw shooter um you just hope that, you know, it's Poole and Curry and Clay going to the free throw line in order to, you know, to make sure that that you make the the majority of them. But that that's just not who they are. You cannot rely on that with this team because of the other guys around them. So it, I, I felt it had to be the three pointers. And really it was Clay, right? Clay is seven for eleven from three. 32 points he's a plus nine he had to deal with foul trouble he only had two turnovers like there was not there wasn't really a moment outside of him getting conked in the face with Draymond's pass where I was like man you know something what's going on with clay I thought he played really good now he some of that some of those closeouts that were Monte Morris and Bones Highland are shooting open three some of that is him because he's he's still you know he doesn't have that athletic ability that he once did because of these injuries. So he's getting mm. out there a little late, and I, I think they're I think they're going to fix that though. I think they're going to figure out how to, uh, you know how to make sure that they react differently than they did tonight. They're going to have to throw different looks because the Nuggets figured out the look that they gave tonight. What did you think about the box and one with Looney on Jokic late where they got the they got the bucket? Or was it the bucket or was that the Draymond foul? I think it was a bucket. It was, um, I think Monty Morris
2: got like a little runner on. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, you're right. I think, I mean, they only did it for like one
1: player, right? Yeah, but it was it was interesting, right? Because you're trying to throw different looks. You're like, okay, Denver's like, here's what they usually do to us. This is the play that we're going to call. And mm-hmm. they're like, nope, we're going to give you this different thing. And I think, not to pick on Jordan Poole, he, he didn't have a great game. But that little rub screen that Jokic gave him, Jordan Poole didn't really fight through it all that much. And when you're in the box in one, you're not immediately switching, right? So I think Jordan Poole, kind of like in the back of his mind, he's like, oh, I'll, you know, we'll, we'll get a switch here. But he's like, oh, we're not getting a switch. And then he had to kind mm-hmm. of try and get to that shot late. So that was another one. one on Jokic was a minus two then. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the sker is like oh, scrapping that one. We're not using that one again. <laughs> I just never seen it on a center before. Neither have I. Yeah,
2: I. I we see it on. Uh, we see it on Steph. We see it on. They did it on KD. Then they did like a. What was it? They did like a triangle and two in the yeah. regular season on KD <laughs> and and Harden.
1: Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, the little little goofy defense. All right, let's. Uh, th- I think that's enough. You know, we'll we'll be back Wednesday. Now, if if they play poorly in San Francisco. Uh, you know, the, they're, the, they're, what, what do they keep saying out of 140 series is like no team has come back from three zero. I, I would assume that that is going to be the case, but look, if, if they come back to San Francisco and they play down to the wire and, and win, then man, this is going to be like a two hour podcast. If yeah, that happens. <laughs> um, but you know, the other thing about it is, uh, Memphis, right? Memphis and Minnesota. We're thinking the Warriors are going to sweep and then they're going to have like a whole week off. And yeah, Draymond's ankle, Steph's foot, Jordan Poole's hand. I wish he would stop shaking the hand so much because all it does is remind Denver to just like slap him on the hand every single time. Just can Mm -hmm. can he like poker face that a little bit better? Uh, and and it's but but now you know they're they they're going to have at least one more game on Wednesday. The, the Minnesota Memphis probably goes at least until Friday I think right like Friday would be the earliest yeah, what, they could close it at 2-2 that would be game 6 so yeah yeah so you know they they could have taken advantage of that unfortunately for them they didn't win today they could have had a, a nice little rest for uh you know for for all, all, all of those uh, those old legs but that's just that they 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 had a chance they didn't take it okay let's talk about um this guy, <laughs> Benjamin, in our around the NBA segment here, you you, you wanted Tatum, I, I wanted Cat, but but you wanted Tatum, so we we picked Tatum because uh, Tatum is bawling out of his mind, and so are the Celtics. But I want to go here first because Reggie Miller. Now, this is so weird. Like Twitter, social media is so weird in, in this in this instance because for one. Ben Simmons as a entertainer or star or whatever you want to call him. He's a famous guy for playing basketball, right? Mm -hmm. He's not playing basketball right now. And in the NBA, a lot of these guys are, you know, they're they're, they're wearing designer clothes and they're trying to stand out in their fits. And in this scenario, you have Simmons who hasn't played and his whole mentality is like, you know, just kind of want to get better. I don't want to be the center of attention. And he wears what he wore, uh, uh the to to the game, <laughs> and they're they're using it as ammo against him because he was gonna try to come back for game four, and he says he can't play. Reggie Miller says, "Come on, man, out for game four when it was rumored you're gonna make your debut." This dude has zero competitive fire. I I, I feel like that is a little unfair because there uh, is an injury involved. I mean. Okay, well, let's talk about it though, because we're coming from two different perspectives. Because mm-hmm. my perspective is, I wouldn't have said that he was coming back because what is his main problem? He uh, mentally, it, it's hard. It, yeah, you know, he's having some trouble, right? He's having trouble with um, the mental aspect and the pressure and, and the moment. Like that is something that he is having a hard time with. You know who else had a hard time with that today? Is another. A guy who is one of the greatest minds in the NBA, Andre. Like Andre was bad today. This may be the worst I've ever seen him play. Uh, and he is old guy, Andre. But I sort of feel like the same thing. Like he's got the same thing as Ben Simmons in in some situations where he's got a wide like. There's no one within ten feet of him, and he doesn't want to shoot that three, and they know it. And the more he doesn't shoot that three, I'm sure the more it gets in his head. And so for, for Ben Simmons, why would you come back in Game Four of the playoffs when? This is the biggest. Like, you want to get those reps in when it's the regular season and there's mm. not as much pressure. And you know, Boston. What's Boston going to do? They're going to immediately foul him and send him to the free throw line. Like, I just felt it was uh, probably a mistake to bring him back now. And and now, you know, they made that announcement. And now he said that he's st- he's still hurting. And you know, everyone's going at him. What do you what do you think? I just think there's like
2: more context where it. Like, if you said that, you know, you said you don't think Ben Simmons wants to be the center of attention, but then goes and wears all the outfits. Yeah. And that's
1: the, the, the ill, ills the... of social media. Right. In some instances, all the hate that he gets from social media probably, you know, depresses him in a way, but on the other end, he knows that in order for him to make as much money as he needs to, he needs to be the center of attention. It's like this, like weird <laughs> pull with, with how that stuff works. Like, yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know, you know, you're, you're, you grew up in in this era of social media but I know you know on Twitter I like I don't I, I block a lot of people on Twitter because if if there's like a troll who takes a shot at me and it's unfair I immediately block them because it's just it's like my Twitter feed right what why would I choose to be frustrated at something when I could just block that person mm-hmm. But it, and, and but if it's fair criticism, I will go back and forth with somebody. Uh, but so I, I choose to just not see the negativity. I don't go to read comments on on threads if I am if it is my show, just because the positive stuff is almost as fake as the negative stuff sometimes. And if you let that like change your um your your you know your levels of uh um. I don't know what it, what it, the dopamine or whatever, whatever all that stuff is, the psycho psychological aspect and the, um, emotional aspect of all that stuff. It's both, you know, you're up for some no real reason. And then you're down for like no real reason. So like you grew up with social media sort of being a part of your life. Like, do you, what do you think about like the negativity that you may get
0: mm-hmm. from
1: somebody who's listened listening to your podcast?
2: Like, I think it's definitely a generational thing. Um,
1: The kudos to you that you're just able to quickly like Kawakami and just get rid of them right off the field, but Kawakami gets rid of them and then flexes on them. I don't even flex on them. I just, (laughs) I just block them and move on. I think Shea Serrano is also a flex on them sometimes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, actually, yeah, the, the bam pod literally just got their first hater yesterday uh o- ob made a take on how the warriors are a hypothetical team and this guy made a 10 minute youtube video completely <laughs> bashing Obi and then making unfair statements that the bam does not uh, thinks they're better than their fans because we don't reply to the comments that their fan that the fans make and when really it's just me ob and max the <laughs> people who are the hosts of the podcast that are the ones making the comments so i mean at first i was a little mad at that And then like, I was like, okay, how do we use this to our advantage? And we literally just cooked up like a quick little video on responding and hopefully getting some traction out of that. So I haven't, I haven't, we haven't gotten like a, a, me personally, even like through social media, I haven't seen enough. um, I haven't really gotten any like hate like that for to actually tell you what I would realistically do. So I I don't know on that end. I, I mean, it's so easy to say like. Look, Ben Simmons, you're making 30 million dollars a year. If I yeah. was making 30 million dollars a year, I would just turn off my phone and not look at that stuff and not but I get it. I just think that for Ben it's I mean there's either been so much misreporting or there's just there's always just so much with that guy. It's like in the in the in the middle of the season or in the beginning of the season like we were done talking about Kyrie and Ben Ben Simmons. It was just taking up too much of our time and yeah. it was just like pointless talking about these guys because we didn't know And then he gets traded to Brooklyn. He he gets what he wants. He gets out of Philly. Um, And then there's still like, okay, now he's got to ramp up and come back. He hasn't played basketball forever. And now this back thing and uh, what do I think about that? I did say on our basketball podcast, and I guess I'm kind of a – I need to start putting these takes on Twitter. I'm going to send this <laughs> to you I, but before the playoffs started. I said, what if it gets to game four or five when Ben Simmons is supposed to come back? And he's like, dude, we're like down three Oh, or down three one. Like, why would I even come back and risk this? And I said, that's more of a knock to his like competitive edge. Yeah. And I should time, want to come back. Right. And that's what I thought. I'm going to help you that them because that's, a, yeah. that's, I'm a, I'm great. But, uh, (laughs) but I don't know. He just does these things where he like, I think he dunks. He's like, he, he points at Nick, Nick Ferdell, right. He points at Nick Ferdell and he says, yo, film this. Like you see this. And he just does a dunk. Like he's, he's, he's teasing this comeback. I just think that this would have been a good thing for him to come back and show that, like, like give, give the Nets fans a little something to cheer for, you know, give them something to look forward to. It could be worse. It could be that they're in Boston and and he has to come back and then has to face the noise like Kyrie has been having to do. But like we know, Ben Simmons doesn't like it as much. Like I think it would have been better for it's against it's it's a home game. I mean, they're going to send him to the line probably, but I just think that I think I think he should come back. And I think it is it is a knock on his competitive edge because
1: I don't think his back is sore. I just think he saw them lose Game Three. So this is going to be an interesting experiment in a sense because we have seen situations where an injury uh is the main reason why someone can't play or they're not comfortable they're not confident in their play but this is an injury and this is um a mental thing sort of all in one and I'm sure they're they're relating to each other as far as his his decision making does he want to go in there because he knows that the second he jumps on the court He is the immediate center of attention. And is he going to be comfortable going out there knowing that he doesn't feel a hundred percent or the flip side, does he make it known that he's not a hundred percent? So thus, if he doesn't succeed, he can say, yeah, I tried, uh, but I was too hurt. And you, you could see that I just wasn't ready. I tried so hard to help my team, but it just wasn't, wasn't working. I think if he would have tried that tact, Reggie Miller Instead of writing what he wrote, he would have said, ah, he's just trying to, he's just trying to be, you know, cater to his followers and trying to be a hero. And he didn't really like, you know, it's gonna be no matter what, no matter what Ben Simmons lose. does, it's it's a it's a lose-lose, which is unfortunate because he's such a talented guy, but it does tell you that in this day and age, and, and I'm sure in every day and age, it's not just this day and age, there's more attention because of social media. But if you if you de-weaponize social media, like a lot of these guys are really good at. Remember, LeBron. What, what would LeBron call it? Zero Dark Thirty, and he yeah. would just like completely get off of social media. Um, you know, ben Simmons, get, yeah, get, he needs that, but full time. Yeah, he needs <laughs> he needs Zero Dark Thirty. But you know, when you want to date Kardashians and stuff like that's kind of part of the game, right? Like it's uh, it's part of being a celebrity. And you know, the thing that I will never, I will never give him crap for. Is trying to turn his celebrity into uh, h- making as much money as humanly possible because uh, I think I think you had turned me on to the Andre Iguodala and Evan Turner podcast. Evan Turner coming into the NBA was the college player of the year and you know all these crazy accolades, but when he he wasn't the flashiest guy, right? He wasn't like he he was he was more of like a, uh, distribu- like a, a a big, uh, guard in a sense. Like his game was about making people better. Not he wasn't going to score a bunch. I think this is the number two pick in the draft, whatever year he came out. But he was talking about how when he signed his shoe deal, he bought into the equity piece of it. Uh, the the shoe deal was uh, with Linning. The that uh is is it a Chinese. Is that, the,
2: is that the Dwayne Wade? Dwayne Wade, yeah. Leaning, lining, something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was saying that part of his shoe deal was getting equity in the company. So thus, if the company succeeded, the shares that he got would, would grow. Mm-hmm. But if the company didn't succeed, then the shares that he, he got would be worthless. So he, just, he took the long-term benefit possibility over the short-term money. And I thought it was so smart because he, you can come into the NBA and think you're going to be like this, like, you know, this is going to go on for 20 years. I'm going to play in the league for 20 years. I'm going to make all this money for 20 years. You know, I don't have to think about that, but Evan Turner, who's a college player of the year, he thought that way. And he had a nice career. I'm sure he played um, multiple, multiple years in the NBA, but even that, even he knew You know, I need to invest, and I need to put be able to put money away and make these smart deals. Same thing with with guys like Ben Simmons. What if Ben Simmons never plays basketball uh, another day? Right. What if his entire career is over? The thing that makes him happy is over. He's hopefully made some good investments, bet on himself. You know, there's a celebrity aspect to it. He's created a few different um, ways to make money for himself. So I will never discount. When when people do that, because that is part of the game today, which is mm-hmm. you know trying you you need to continue to to make money throughout throughout uh, your marketable years. I just i
2: I just don't want to give him like the benefit of the doubt until I see him on a court and I see him in a presser and I see him face a little bit of the noise. That's I just need to see it, and I don't think I'm going to see it
1: in two days or tomorrow. I think well yeah. well okay so. I I don't even know if it's benefit of the doubt because we are just, you know, we're fans, we're critics as well. I almost feel like you you should just root for him, right? Like you want, if you you want to see somebody overcome something, the way to do it is to root for him and and kind of like just be in his corner and be like, okay, like whenever he's ready, he's ready. I, I don't like not understanding someone's position, some, you know, not being in their shoes for Reggie Miller to say what he did. Reggie Miller is an NBA all-star. He knows what it takes to do it. Right. So he's got a little bit of, of more oomph in his statement than, than if we said it, I, I, what I want to see is I want to see the guy be healthy and confident because he is such a talent and he's never going to be a shooter. I don't, I like, I don't think he's ever going to be a shooter, but I think he can still play, and I think he can still help his basketball team win. But there, there's, a, there's a mental piece of this that is kind of still under-commented uh, about that we don't know enough about. And I think in 20 years, we'll look at this as like kind of like a landmark thing and going like, oh, Ben Simmons, it was like multiple things as to the reason why. You know that this happened, but yeah, what I do you think what do you think about Zion? I mean, it's 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 not the same thing, right? but uh, like i i if i if I'm a fan of of the player, I feel like I would feel a little bit more okay with with Ben's situation than with Zion because do Zion's we even know situation- Zion's situation well, Zion's situation seems like it's completely based on you know his lifestyle and and his body and and you know i who knows maybe he's maybe he's investing a million dollars in his body like lebron is but you know there there's i think i feel like fans are very quickly saying like oh yeah you know we're okay with zion but we're not okay with ben uh I don't see. I don't
2: know the 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 Zion situation as a whole because I feel like we've heard so much different things. It just seems like him and the team is not on par, or they're not um, on the same page about his health. Mm -hmm. But um, this this Ben thing is tricky because I don't want to like discount someone's mental uh, if they're going through something mentally. Like obviously, it's always valid, and they shouldn't have to explain as to what's going on. But as a as a fan, as someone who watches the NBA, I'm. I'm spending all my time covering what he's doing. Like I would love to know. And, yeah. and I guess it's it's not our place, but like I, I guess uh I don't know. Imagine would you have the same would you have the same compassion and the same uh empathy? Empathy, I guess, if you if it was this warrior team and and we were just like right there, right? <laughs> like everything we're seeing right there, everything, everything we're seeing right now. Like, imagine if it was like I don't even know if I can imagine Phil's Draymond it would just never be Draymond. Yeah. But like I don't know just Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole maybe like we needed young. him to he's make there... that yeah. Like Jordan Poole is essentially the difference between us going all the way or us being second or third round exits, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's got to be frustrating for the Brooklyn Nets fan base.
1: Yeah. No, I get it. I do get it. Uh, I I guess the just that little wild card piece which is the 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 the, the mental thing for him and the emotional thing for him We just don't know enough about it because it's you can't measure it right you can't it's not there's no shooting percentage to how he's mm-hmm. feeling or if he's depressed or how much of this is him not being able to stay away from his phone and, and those things like i said in 20 years we'll we'll know a lot more but it's it is it is an interesting uh, topic okay we we kind of segued on on uh, on ben uh, for a while because that is the the main story but what else what else is as far as some of these uh series are going what have you seen um utah and dallas they lost dallas lost
2: so that series is tied to two memphis memphis and minnesota we texted in the chat on how this looks like just the ultimate (laughs) like just rookie
1: (laughs) both teams are are, both teams just so
2: many dumb mistakes on both sides like like I think that like I'm watching this series and I'm like, dang, the Warriors actually might have a hard time like c- containing a guy like Anthony Edwards, who's literally finding his superstardom in the playoffs. And the Warriors have had a tough time guarding John Moran on the other side. But then I look at it, it's like these guys are making idiotic mistakes that I think the <laughs> Warriors would totally capitalize if given the seven game series. Yeah, because so. they're
1: because are vet, they're vet team. Yeah. So, um, what else is going on right now? Bucks, okay, so I uh, think- here's one I wanted to ask you about. So you you mentioned the Utah game and they won. 100 to 99 Luca came back mm-hmm. and Dallas had been playing really well without him. And I, and I look at Jalen Brunson and, you know, he, he, he had a good game. He didn't put up 40 and <laughs> who took the most shots on this team? Well, it's Luca Cause it's Lucas team. Yeah. You know, 11 for 21. Luca had a good game, 30 and 10, but um, you know, they, Luka- they there's just always something weird about like the star player who's been missing and
2: decides to come back when it, well, not decides, but is healthy enough to come back and they drop the game. I said it in the last podcast that I think they would drop one more when Luca came back. I just think there's something weird about like, it always happens. Like a star player comes back and you're like, Oh my God. Now imagine what will be with Luca back and Jalen Brunson's dropping 41. It's just not how it works. You got to get back to the identity that you were before he, he got hurt. Like I don't, Jalen, that Brunson was in, that was in Dallas, right? That game was in Utah. Oh, was it in Utah? Yeah, Utah's the sixth seed, so that was game four, or fifth seed. So you that was game four. Yeah, that would be in Utah. So they're going back to Dallas. They're going back to Dallas.
1: Got it. And uh, Jordan Clarkson, <laughs> Jordan Clarkson is the ultimate, ultimate uh, microwave heat check guy off the bench. He had twenty five, and he was the the only. Uh, him and Gobert were the only pluses uh, of guys that played uh a lot of minutes. <laughs> so maybe uh, Rudy's not the problem. <laughs> <laughs> well Rudy had uh 17 and 15 and uh how many he blocks? went to the free throw line like 18 times he, he didn't have any 30%. block he didn't he didn't block any shots. Interesting. Zero blocks. Yeah nine of eighteen. So he shot 50% from the free throw line. Um yeah that the, you know the, I hope that thing goes seven two because you know, you want all these West teams that the Warriors yeah. could possibly play to get stretched out. Here.
2: I would like I still think Dallas is going to win, but I think Dallas is like finding they're finding something like when they were closing the season, like we were battling with them to to, to secure the fourth or third seed. Right. Like, didn't they win all three too? there was there was a point yeah, in time where we needed so. to win all three or they needed to drop one for us to secure it. I think we both won all three. Like Dallas is Dallas has definitely found something. And if Devin Booker's still hurt, and I'm just I'm counting my chickens before they they hatch, right? But I think that I think that Dallas will move on. I've been saying this. I do think that the Mavericks will win the series. I would look forward to Mavericks Phoenix. I would not just put my hand in the ground and say, Phoenix is sweep or Phoenix five. yeah, like i I'm ready to I'm ready to see Luca
1: in in that position, so we uh, we also have. The Raptors got one yesterday, so Philadelphia did not sweep them. But uh, Joel Embiid is gonna he's got to deal with a thumb injury for the rest of the playoffs here. That is a torn ligament that he's gonna have to have surgery on at the end of the year. So he's got to figure out how to play with a bad hand. That's, that's Scotty Barnes finally comes back for Game Four, and then Fred VanVleet goes down. They can't like keep everyone together for like a game. Uh, Boston 3 0. We talked about that. Uh, and then uh, Memphis and, and the T Wolves they are tied at two. And then today we saw um, the Bucks take control, they're up three one. They kind of manhandled the Bulls. Uh, Phoenix plays tonight. Oh, yeah. Now the they're up two one, still without Devin Booker. I, I thought you know, I, I didn't watch a lot of the game, I watched uh, some of the fourth quarter. The Pelicans can score the basketball because they have shooters. They are scorers. Brandon Brent Ingram is more of a scorer than he is a shooter. But you know, CJ McCollum's a, a shooter. They they make Phoenix work, which is mm-hmm. great. Again, because the Warriors, you know, you, the Warriors want Phoenix to get stretched out. But uh, it does feel like maybe the Suns had figured some stuff out late in that game, and it, it'll be interesting to see if they they just. Yeah, what I
2: what I figured out, or not what I figured out, you could see it on the screen. Valanciunas is completely unplayable. Yeah, when they start running that pick and roll, and he gets like islanded onto a Chris Paul, or so they have to put in Larry Nance as a small ball five, and then yeah. he just gets dominated by Aiton in the paint. <laughs> right? It's just, and that's I think that's where they're getting killed. That's why DeAndre had twenty eight. That's why DeAndre's um, valuable though because he doesn't have to come off the court. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, one hundred percent agree. Um, but I I don't know if you remember this, but I think when we did the mock draft episode a while back, we were high on Trey Murphy. Yeah. Um, and I wanted him to go to the warriors and I kind of do still look back at that and like, what if we took him instead of Moody? I think he went like a pick before, but, Mm -hmm. um, Trey Murphy has looked, uh, all of the Pelicans rookies have like completely like our focal pieces are like in the rotation, big minutes for the new Orleans Pelicans. And that's probably, that's that's that kind of shows that they're probably going to be first round exits, but they are still putting up a fight in all these games. Herbert Jones, I would have picked him to be all for, to, to be the first team over, I think, Jalen Green. Um, well,
1: but uh, so that's what Bill Simmons said, but then he got he, he, he also got killed. Said, he also I said got, F Jalen Green in in a joking way. He didn't really yeah, 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 yeah. And he got, yeah, he um,
2: got Trey Murphy has started to turn it up late at the end of the season. He's just projected as his three and D long athletic wing, and I think that's what he's been looking like. Um, Jose Alvarado, just this little like. Small defender who's who's annoying CP, even though CP has good games. Like they're they're all they all are stepping up, and that's really cool to see for Pelicans youth. And maybe hopefully Zion, if if there is an issue with Zion being angry at Pelicans for not doing more to help him, like look, dude, you
1: have three rookies who are dude, this is this is a good team. Amazing. If he plays the Jackson Hayes minutes, or maybe uh you know maybe he plays some of those Larry Nance minutes. This is they they mm. there's opportunity because. 100%. yeah uh, the, another reason why plus minus is it, we you kind of have to understand it a little bit Trey Trey Murphy your boy Trey Murphy the third uh last game 0 for 3 shooting 0 for 2 from three point land three rebounds did not score a single point in 22 minutes yet he was a plus 21 <laughs> he's a good <laughs>
2: defender though he is a good defender but yeah he probably should have been a minus that game then I didn't realize he didn't score He's a good defender
1: though super um, long. And then uh, we got Miami and uh, Chicago. No, I'm sorry, Miami and Atlanta and Atlanta playing currently right now. Kyle Lowry out. He is notable. He is unfortunate. Um, and and look, you know, we talked about that. That was my unanswerable question, right? It was injuries mm-hmm. and and Miami, the him and Butler, they're older players, so that that's something that they got to think about. But you did you see Stephen A. Smith at halftime talk about? Uh, why he was happy that Embiid got hurt? No, I did not see that. What did he say? <laughs> so, I guess they're. Co- I guess ESPN um, is ESPN. I, f- I forget how the breakdown of who covers what games. Yeah, I don't Stephen know. A. Smith goes. He goes. Well, you know what that means—that it's going to be Miami uh, in, in the Eastern Conference Finals, and that's good for us because we're going to South Beach because <laughs> I I guess I guess the, the next matchup Miami and in, uh, in Philly. Yeah, it would be Miami Philly. Yeah, it would. So I guess that I guess ESPN East has East. the Eastern Conference and then TNT has the Western Conference. Ah. Like, he was like, "Yep. We're going to South Beach because uh <laughs> MB's not going to be able to beat Miami." Uh okay, so uh that is it. We'll be back Wednesday evening uh and we'll talk more about this stuff and hopefully it'll it'll be a better, a better game for the warriors. But uh, this gave us an opportunity to kind of look at some of the things that, you know, they weren't, they weren't too great. They weren't playing a, as good. And and I think some of it is a little bit of a leak from game three because they, they closed out game three well, but there were moments where I don't, I don't think that they played really good basketball game three, but sometimes, you know, the, the older teams, they kind of need, they need a little bit sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I hope, what I hope is that I hope they come out with some fire in, in, Less- in, in game five. Yeah.
2: Last point is I think the, I think the adjustments that the Warriors have to make from this game is kind of is are adjustments that don't like rely on like how a player like a like a skill I guess you know because Clay foul trouble Draymond Green foul trouble I feel like those are just maybe not Draymond as much because he's gonna get battled by Jokic a lot just pick up fouls naturally but like especially Clay he can avoid fouling more and going into the next game like that that can't be that hard of an adjustment especially for Clay Thompson turnovers was another big one. Like we're not talking about Steph going 0 for 20 or 0 for 14. You know, we're just talking about okay, limit fouls, limit turnovers, and then ideally, pool shows a little more up for the next game. Right? That yeah. seems like a lot easier adjustments than what Denver's been having to do. So that's
1: that's nice for the Warriors. All right, so we'll be back after Game Five, which is going to be a late one. So maybe we can't talk for two hours because it's probably going to be a late show. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll be back here. Uh, check out all of the social media. The Bam podcast uh at the bam pods on twitter at the bam pod on instagram you still haven't figured out the bam pod on twitter huh i'm actually
2: in contact with the guy who owns at the bam pod handle like 50 bucks and he did want some money in the beginning but i didn't know how far this thing was going to take off but the funny (laughs) thing is before we end this guy was a um the, the guy is a pelicans fan and so I messaged we were messaging back and forth in like November when the Pelicans were projecting to get like a top five pick. And I was like, yeah. dude, your guys' team is bad. Like we were just getting in a conversation because I, I wanted his handle and I was trying to become friends with him. And I was like, I, I ended the, like the conversation in November and I was like, by the way, New Orleans sucks. And literally he kept the receipt all the way up until <laughs> they won the play-in game against the Clippers. And he sent me like a, a gif of like a Pelican flying. And I was like, that's
1: great. That's great. Shout out all to right. that guy. All right. So uh, we'll be back uh, on Wednesday night. Um, so for Brian, check out the BAM podcast. And uh, you can search the BAM uh, and anywhere where you get your podcast. Well, the, I don't understand the TikTok thing very much, but so how would people find you on TikTok? They just look up at the BAM pod. Oh, OK. All yeah. right. All right. And uh, check out all of our social media as well. BSPN shows um, and this The Death Lineup. It has been The Death Lineup. For Brian, I'm G C When we see you, peace out. Hey, race fans, Justin Bell here,
3: former racing champion and host of the new F1 podcast, Drive to Win, presented by Win Las Vegas. Join me on the show each week as you'll be swept behind the scenes for an immersive look at the culture, technology, drama, and glamour of Formula One. There's something for everyone, whether you're new to the sport or a lifelong F1 fan. So join us each week as we cover every twist and turn of the F1 season on the Drive to Win podcast. That's Win, spelled W-Y-N-N, presented by Win Las Vegas. Available now on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.